T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tonight's game with the Cavs and Nuggets is not a measuring stick game. I think there are five measuring stick games left. And and listen, you can add a couple on here as you like. And when I say measuring stick, I think there's a difference between measuring stick and benchmark. The Cavs are in the league. Like, to me, when we say measuring stick games, it means are the Cavs in these teams' leagues? Which, I'll be honest with you, talent-wise, and I know that they're not a perfectly fit team, all right? I, I know that they have a hole in the three. I know that they need more bench scoring, which makes the Kevin Love move even more just wild that they have had zero bench production. They're like, well, the guy who's the best three-point shooter on the bench, let's go ahead and buy him out so he can go to a contender. I'm not bitter about that, by the way. I'm totally bitter about that. But I don't think we need any more measuring stick with the Cavs. The only true measuring stick left for the Cavs are the playoffs. One game against uh, Denver is not going to tell us whether the Cavs are in the league of the Denver Nuggets. The Cavs are, from a talent perspective, even though it's a flawed roster, which is, by the way, it's hilarious when people bring that up with Cleveland. Yes, it, there, there is an obvious flaw in the Death Star. All right? That, that's fair to say. However, find me the perfect team out there. I mean, even even Golden State coming off winning a title, even when healthy, there are flaws on that team. And that's a team that's paying like a bajillion dollars a year in luxury tax penalties. There is no perfect team. So looking to benchmark games or measuring stick games from a talent perspective, the Cavs have four guys who on any given year can be an all-star. And they have one of the 10 best players in the NBA right now in Donovan Mitchell. They have two guys who, if they're not already in the top 30 in the NBA, in Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, are on their way there. And by the way, Evan Mobley could absolutely be a top 10 player in the NBA, given his size, his ability, his defensive and offensive potential. And oh, by the way, you got Jared Allen, who is kind of the forgotten man, and he might be the best defensive center or one of the three best defensive centers in the NBA. And the Cavs are one of the 10 best, and that's kind of couching it, honestly. The Cavs are one of the 10 best defensive teams in the NBA. So when I hear measuring stick games, and I wish I would have said this in the Philadelphia game, Because you can qualify or disqualify every single game in the NBA. I kind of did that with the Philadelphia game. 
well, it's the last game before the All-Star break. Well, you know, was Embiid going to play? Well, are the Cavs really hot or are they just playing the right teams? Well, the reality is the Cavs already have the proof of the first 61 games of the regular season that they're good enough to be anywhere from the eighth best team in the East to the fourth best. I think it's pretty far-fetched that they're going to to dominate in the final 21 games of the year to be a top three seed. It's cool if it happens, but like the only bent, the only measuring stick left is how do they respond to the playoff atmosphere. Now, there are some individual games that matter. You got two games left against Boston. But whether you win or lose those games, it doesn't mean that you're not in their league. And by the way, there are probably two teams. I mentioned the Cavs are talent-wise are in anybody's league. There are two teams that are probably definitively better than you. It is Boston and it's Milwaukee. And it's because both of those teams have something you don't have. But I think we've gotten to the point where, and this is, I'm going to try and walk this line for the rest of the regular season. I'm going to try and walk the line between really enjoying the, the stretch run here, putting proper emphasis on these games, and understanding that you got two games against Boston, those matter. Miami, those two games matter. They don't matter more than the game in January, but they do matter a lot to your positioning down the stretch because, well, these are the last games you're going to play against these teams. And by the way, you might face off against either team. Include, By the way, Philly, you got another matchup against Philly as well uh, before the end of the season. Those games are important matchups. They're not measuring sticks. Now, benchmark-wise, yeah, I think there are still benchmarks for the Cavs to clear. I think I think getting to a certain amount of production offensively. Like the the Cavs have gone all in defensively. That really is what moving on from Kevin Love really is about. Kevin Love's defense, uh, sorry, Kevin Love's offense wasn't making up for how bad the Cavs felt whether it's in the pick and roll or otherwise about his defense. That's the that's the stone cold fact of why Kevin Love fell out of the rotation. If Kevin was still averaging 12, 13 points a game, he'd still be on this damn team. If he was still able to shoot uh, at 38% average, uh, he'd still be on this team. He wasn't. Then he got mad. Feelings were hurt. And now Kevin Love is in Miami. Yeah, we're talking about the Cavs and measuring sticks. And we uh, we got some reaction on this. If you guys want to chime in, 216-578-0092. Devin's going to get in with us in just a minute here. But I want to play for you guys Joe Varden. Joe was on the morning show um earlier this week and he was talking about the Cavs and where they are and it's funny because I agree with with something I heard you know Ken and Anthony say this week which is it doesn't seem like people want to have expectation for the Cavs and by the way I'm I'm probably more in line with those people as well like I feel like having expectations now probably sets you up for being disappointed because the reality is as I said in the last segment the measuring stick left is the playoffs. Everything else, you can you can go 21 and 0 down the stretch if you are one and done in the playoffs or if you get swept in the playoffs. I don't give a damn how many regular season wins you got. I don't care if you beat Boston twice in the final 21 games. I don't care if you beat Miami twice in the final 21 games if you don't win 
that first series or if you disappoint in the playoffs. Or, and here's the thing, I don't think this is likely, but if you just completely don't know how to play in the playoffs because of the inexperience, well, then it doesn't matter what happened in the final 21 games. Because those games matter. You can use those games like we saw LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love do, which is use those as kind of the the takeoff strip for the playoff push. But until we see the Cavs in that environment, we're gonna we're not gonna know what truly is their ceiling and their floor. It is the tr- it's unquantifiable. Every coach I've, I mean I don't not just me. Every coach talks about that the NBA playoffs, it's a different environment, it's a different level of play, a different level of intensity, and for young players, one of two things happens. Actually, one of three things happen. One, you can churn water. You absolutely can. Two, you flip a switch and you unlock a whole other level of development. Three, you, you drown a little bit. And for some young players, you have to drown just a little bit before you can go ahead and learn to to really succeed in that environment. I don't know which one of the three, Darius Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, and then all the other young players, Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, what, what, even Jared Allen, who's still relatively young. I don't know which one of those three any one of those guys might be. Same thing, by the way, with J.B. Bickerstaff. But Joe Varden, while I am part of the let's just temper expectations till we see him in the playoffs crowd. Joe Varden, there will be no tempering expectations for Joe with the fourth seed Cavaliers. I do think they're going to make the fourth seed. And if they don't, I think you have to start asking some hard questions. You know, it comes back to, and we talked about this, I think about a month ago, but the Cavs were good up until about this point last season, at least record-wise. And then there were a few factors that led to a a pretty um, ugly collapse. And I think one of the major hurdles for this organization, regardless of where it is that they finish in the regular season, is to grow from that, to avoid a repeat of that. So you look at where they are right now, and top to bottom roster-wise, they seem to be about the fourth strongest team in the conference, and that's what their record suggests. And so what you're looking at over the final 20, however many games are left, is just some level of consistency so we don't see a repeat of last year. I think that is one of the main stepping points when you talk about the long-term growth of this franchise. So I think there's a difference for me between the Cavs are on the path to being the fourth seed and being a top four seed, and if they don't get it, we have to really examine where things are. Because I think there's a lot of things going in their favor. You know, we've talked till we're blue in the face about the remaining strength of schedule. The Cavs have the fourth easiest strength of schedule going forward. Yep, they got games against the Celtics, uh, Nuggets, Sixers, and Heat. Everybody else, they got three games against the Hornets last. That's manna from heaven. They got the Pacers. They got the Raptors. They got the, the Pistons. So the path looks pretty tenable. They also appear to be as healthy as they're going to be. But much like what I just said about a seven-game playoff series, we've never seen, and when I say never, I know Darius Garland has played in the final few games of the season. I know Evan Mobley has um, Evan has experience in the second half of the season. But it's different when you've got a team in free fall than when you've got a team either trying to stay above water or trying to ascend. 
This is an environment. The, the, the one thing I'll say about the importance of these specific 21 games is we still don't know how they're going to react. We know how the Cavs are going to play when they show up and decide to play their best basketball every single game. We know how they react when the other team takes a night off. We know how they react. We know a lot about how they react, but we don't know how they're going to react in the final 21 games of this year. I'm very optimistic. They're playing really, really well, or they were playing uh, really, really well leading into the All-Star break until Philadelphia. Their strength of schedule. It is it is one of the most easy strength of schedules remaining in the NBA. But to say it's a disappointment if they don't hit that fourth seed, it's still a little rich for my blood. Oh, and by the way, behind them, you got the Nets, Knicks, and Heat. I think there's a chance the Heat end up as the fifth seed if you're the fourth seed. That's not a matchup anybody really should want to see. Uh, Kevin Love aside. But the Nets or Knicks, like... Yeah, I don't see them as real threats to the Cavs if the Cavs just take care of their side of the business. But that's what this is. There is nobody behind the Cavs that over the final 21 games of the season that actually scares me that they're going to put pressure on the Cavs and catch the Cavs. But there are teams that the only team I'm really, and I don't want to say afraid of, the next 21 games, the real benchmark is trust. Can we learn to trust the Cavs? Because much like a seven-game playoff series, guys, until we see it, until they fully play 82 games and they they clinch a four seed, they're still the team that one year ago today didn't have Donovan Mitchell. They're still a team that one year ago today had Darius Garland's breakout season and Evan Mobley's rookie season. They're still the team that one year ago, this time today, was starting a free fall in the second half. Until they prove it over the final 21 games of the regular season and, of course, in a playoff series. 216-578-0092. So Joe Varden says, says the Cavs need to be the fourth seed or questions arise. You agree with that statement? Devin, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, I, um, I'm real excited about the end of the um, regular season for the Cavs. And one thing that makes me afraid is how easy the last, like, five to ten games of our schedule is. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid we're going to run out of steam because, you know, beating the Cavs, if you're the Hornets, you know, a depleted Hornets team, that's a statement game. That's the sort of thing that puts you on the map. So um, how do you think the Cavs can avoid getting complacent down the stretch? I don't know. Um, I think to me that's about the leaders. And when I say leaders, I just mean anybody on that that, uh, team that has either real playoff experience like Donovan Mitchell or guys who have been in the playoff hunt before. Guys who have, you know, and when I say playoff hunt, to me that is about the final 21 games. So that's on Danny Green, on Donovan, on Jared Allen. Um, It's on guys like that to help, to help, show hey you know what it's not about helping show it's about making sure none of the young guys slip up and you know who else it's on it's on jb bickerstaff if we're being honest Devin, we appreciate the call buddy i i was actually thinking about that because you know i've heard so i don't mean defenses of jb but i've heard defenses of coaches in the nba now and i agree with it to an extent of well how much say how much how much say do the, does the coach have in how hard the team plays night in, night out? 
And it's not the way it was 30 years ago where it was the coaches wear the highway. Players make 10 times as much as coaches do now. Players have more power than coaches do more often than not. Even in a situation like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, who are still young guys who maybe not don't wield their power the way that you know a LeBron would. But even though I agree that the power dynamic has changed, if the Cavs have slip-ups, and when I say slip-ups, I'm talking about like the Philadelphia game. You don't show up till halftime. If you have those in the second half, to me that's a failure of their leadership. And that starts with JB, but I think it would also be indicative of, of Donovan and of Jared Allen and of Danny Green and of Ricky Rubio. And that's really, a, a, you know, Benchmark is kind of a nebulous idea here. That is a benchmark I want to see cleared. I don't want, over the next 21 games, games that we come away with J.B. Bickerstaff saying, I got to play harder. We're past that point where that's acceptable. Joe, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Nick, good hearing you. It's Joe Mers on Twitter. How are you, buddy? Joe, you sexy bastard. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> dude, I listen all the time. I just never call in, but I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to jump in, say hi, and uh, dude, last year with the injuries to Allen, Rubio, Wade, and I'm racking my brain to think of the other couple of guys. Pretty much the, was, half the team. <laughs> it was so sad because they played so strong going into the All Star break. And I think that game was in Cleveland, so everyone's all excited about it. And then, uh, you know, we, we know how it ended. But uh, this year at this point, to me, we have ourselves a bona fide superstar on the team, which we had some great pieces parts last year, obviously, and then we talked about the injuries. But Donovan Mitchell, he's a machine. And they got to ride him. But on the other hand, they can't drive some of these guys into the ground by not using the bench. So hopefully with Green coming in and getting that rotation down, you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm thinking top three, and I want to at least win that first round of the playoffs. So I, and I actually think you're pointing to something great there. Joe, it's great to hear from you, buddy. You were one of the uh, day one OG Wilson Warriors, and I will never forgive you for it. We appreciate it, buddy. I love you, brother. See ya. Good man. Joe Murr's there. Um, it's not that I don't care about where they finish, because it does have real implications. If you can get a top four seed, and you can host a playoff, a home playoff series. That's huge. But in the end, if they if they host a home playoff series and they get bounced out in the first round, well, I'll take having to go on the road and winning that playoff series. And again, I'm, I'm talking about the kind of two extremes here. But I don't have any regular season expectations left. They've fulfilled everything I needed to see from them. Not every question is answered because that very few teams answer literally every question going into the playoffs. Unless you are replete teams. and You are the creme de la creme. You are the top three seeds, uh, top three best teams in the NBA on any given year. The Cavs aren't that yet. But they have answered as much of the questions as they are going to answer. So now it's about, can you put yourself in a position to make a little bit of a run here in the playoffs? That matters to me more than the four seed. Give me a playoff win. That that carries more weight when we look back on this season than if they got a top four seed. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.